This episode of Taking It to the House was brought to you by EBH Fitness Studios. It's a way of life. Dr. C. Victor Herbert III, and I'm taking it to the house. I'm Dr. Timothy Hoover, and I welcome you to another edition of Taking It to the House. I'm Dr. Jania Hoover, and what I'm taking to the house today, a couple of things. Obviously, as you can see, I am dressed for the occasion, and I am happy that we are in the midst of a shift. But as we can see, there are a lot of changes that still definitely need to be made. One of those changes that I'm glad to see has been made is that um, the WNBA Atlanta dream will no longer be owned by the former Senator Kelly Leffler. And I am 100% excited about that. Victor, what you got? In the same vein as you, sis, welcome a new Don. It's always great as an American citizen, as well as an American veteran to watch a peaceful transfer of power. The last few weeks of our country has been quite disturbing, but again, democracy prevails. And to watch how America, once again, sets the large example for the world and how a peaceful transition of power can occur. I look forward to watching how we as a country uh, heal and continue making things uh, excellent for everyone of, of, of her citizens. So it's a, it's a great day. It's a great day in America, it's a great day in the world. It is a great day. Uh, I salute Kamala uh, and Joe Biden. And now I pray for you uh, in the next four years for your health, uh, mind and spirit to take on the many challenges of this United States. Absolutely. And talking about things that um, stay the same and things that um, need to change. I'm wondering about this coaching situation in the NFL and specifically the lack of black coaches in the NFL. Going into this season, there were three black coaches in the NFL. Um, and throughout that time, there was one that was added in an interim stage. And at the end, now we're left with two. And Several of the coaches have been hired. And as of right now, the last I checked, none of them were black. And one of them uh, that was hired that was white was for, uh, is the new coach for the Atlanta Falcons, which y'all know that's my team. And what I will say is in and of itself, you know, the owners can choose whoever they want to coach their particular team. My issue is not with you choosing the person that you want. My issue is that in a league where 70% of the talent of the players are black, that we've got less than 10%, less than 5% of the coaches are black. So there's a gap that's there. We all know that that gap relates to um, racism and white supremacy. But my question is, what do you think can and should be done to fix it? Is this something that we're just stuck with? Um, Tim, what do you think? Unfortunate. I believe there were seven positions that were open for the NFL. And you're right. None of them have been uh, filled with a Black person. Years ago, and, and my brother uh, Vic was talking about this, years ago, they didn't uh, want a Black quarterback. They didn't think we were intelligent enough to run and be the CEO of each of these sports. 
And now we're having this problem. So we debunked that situation. We can go to the, the Super Bowl and win. We can be athletic and also be very smart in the pocket and to lead teams to winning t- teams to the Super Bowl. But we do have a problem. We have a problem. Why can't our black coaches or black candidates get hired? Are we not getting interviewed? What's the opportunities? The Rooney Rule to me is window dressing. It's as though you're saying we're going to interview these black candidates, and yet we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And I'm like you, Jania, you can hire anybody you want to, but what are the qualifications? What are the you can have a Doug Peterson who can go rogue, clearly against management, clearly against his players and yet get another opportunity with another team. And yet we have these other black candidates who haven't got the first shot. Or if they get the first shot, they, they don't get the, the second shot. What are, what are the qualifications? What are you looking for? And so I have a problem. I think it's a, it's a, a systemic problem, but I can't put my finger on why. Other than I can always say it's a, it's a black and white, it's a race thing. And it should not, never be, especially in this nice, beautiful day when we have a, a black woman now being vice president Okay, we had a black man as president for eight years. We're in 2021 and we're still having this as an issue. It should not be black and white. Just hire the best and most qualified candidate. Do your interviews and you will find out there's some hidden gems out there. The Eric B. enemies. I believe he can do what. Yeah, he's we've been told he has an opportunity for interview with the Houston Texans. He should have been one of the first interviews for all of those other positions as well. Byron Leftwich is, is to name a few of our black coaches. And so what is the problem? I don't know, but I would like transparency, uh, Dr. Hoover. I like what you hear. I like what you said um, about transparency. And I think that's the piece that I'm looking for more. Unlike a big business of a Coca-Cola or Johnson and Johnson, look, I'm not asking your hiring practices, but when we're talking about the NFL. It's an open league, meaning we know everything. We know which free agents were picked up. We know which who's an unrestricted free agent that was traded. We know what's going on when a player does something off uh, off the field. We know that this person's the defensive coordinator. We know all that kind of stuff. So why did it be? Why does it seem so difficult to be transparent to say these are a list of coaches that were interviewed for the Houston Texans? These are a list of coaches that are being considered, and this is the coaches who did not get it. Do you realize even right now? You talk about Byron Leftwich, who is uh, what offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playoff team. Leslie Frazier, who is the defensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills playoff team. And Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator for the defending Kansas City Chiefs playoff team. That's three coaches out of the four teams that are playing right now that are in the playoffs. Yet they have not or we have not heard that them even being considered, being interviewed, being rejected anything so this inconsistency don't tell me there's a Rooney rule that exists just to check the block and now even that is the thing to check the block you haven't even checked the block because i haven't even heard their names raheem morris even though in the interim status what i have not heard his name so i just gave you three black coaches that are shown on the field what they've done for their teams to get them to the playoffs one game away from the super bowl Yet they cannot get an act, they cannot get considered for a coaching job. I feel bad that Anthony Lynn lost his job for the San Diego, or excuse me, Los Angeles Chargers. However, I haven't heard his name being circulated. You talked about uh Doug Peterson went rogue, 
Someone ordered a code red and he gets a job, what, three hours later, two hours up the street from New York to Philly. Yet Anthony Lynn, who who got the Chargers to a, a playoff win two years ago, had to deal with a host of series, a host of injuries this year to include putting a rookie quarterback or a second year quarterback with a bear. Yet he's, his name's not even circulating. So it, it, it is very disconcerting as our nation sits here and celebrates a lot of firsts. Even the NFL celebrated a lot of firsts this year with we had referees as first time at all black referee staff. Yes, we're not highlighting all the all black, but it's sad that we have to highlight these firsts. And I do not understand, as you stated, sis, that you have such a large league of uh, players of color, yet management does not reflect that. And, and I don't know how to fix it, but what it is right now is broken. And from a leadership perspective, Roger Goodell and his team have got to look at this as a problem. They have to look at this as a problem, find out ways to fix it. And and because, again, here it goes, who, whose viewership is going to be impacted? Our players, I mean, look at Deshaun Watson. He's upset. He's upset that they have not even gave a consideration to a black uh, candidate. And now they want to scratch the surface or scratch an itch by possibly interviewing someone like that's going to fix it. Oh my goodness. So this is stuff that's really, really disconcerting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Raheem Morris, he is on a uh, tap. He's I'm hearing his name for the defensive coordinator position in, um, in LA and, you know, from a lot of circles, especially, you know, what I listen to and watch, He's well regarded by other players and other coaches, but, you know, doesn't seem to be getting serious looks as far as head coaching opportunities. Um, one minus for Bienemy. He has had several interviews, but one possible minus could be that the um, you're not able to take a new job while your team is still in the playoffs. That being said, we all know that when a team wants their guy, they wait for their guy. The Falcons did hire a black person as their GM and they waited for their guy to be finished with uh, the season. He previously worked for the New Orleans Saints. So I do have an idea to fix it. I don't think that it will actually happen, but we talked about transparency. And I think, uh, obviously I'm an educator. And when I worked in Georgia, we had for leadership positions, you had to enter a pool. So there were minimum qualifications that you you had to have, and then you could enter the pool to be considered for these leadership positions, like assistant principal, principal, and the like. I'd like to see something like that for the NFL. The coach, the owners, sorry, can pick whoever they want to pick, but I would like to be able to see who they passed over. So these are all the traits. These are all the qualifications. They, you know, played at this level. They played at this school. They, you know, and this gives a certain uh, level of points, certain number of points. And, you know, we get the information about who's being interviewed, but I would like to be able to rank all of these players that are actually getting interviews and be able to see it in black and white, see what I did there, who is getting chosen and who is not. Because what we're seeing is that these goalposts keep moving. Right. They say, oh, if you win, then, you know, if you're associated with winning teams, then you'll get jobs. Well, Lovey Smith took the Bears to the playoffs, had winning records 
and is still not back in a head coaching position in the NFL. So there definitely are things that need to be changed. But like you said, Vic, until and unless the owners see that there's a problem and in order in order for the owners to see that there's a problem, there will need to be drastic measures taken by the players uh, and or the um, constituents being the, cus- the customers and the fans. Otherwise, we'll just keep you know, having these same conversations year after year, we'll get a coach or two as a, you know, throw us a bone and um, we'll just go from there. But it's really, it's really unfortunate and just ridiculous that we're still seeing these patterns play out over and over and over again. That being said, still with these playoffs, what are your thoughts? You know, we, we're, we're about to find out who's going to the Super Bowl. So, Victor, I know you've probably got some opinions about your team and their somewhat graceful exit. So we'll go to you first. What are your thoughts on uh, what we have to look forward to this weekend? Thank you. And I I could have been in a very sour mode, but I'll give props where props is due. Buffalo Bills, Bills Mafia, you did it. And not only did you do it, I liked how classy you were in victory to the point where you wanted the best game and the best players on the field. Unfortunately, Lamar Jackson had a concussion, had to leave early. So you didn't gloat. Instead, you all made donations, over $300,000 worth of donations to his charity. And I watched some of the Twitter feed. And I'm like, wow, you know what? This may become my second asterisk team, favorite team, just because of how you all were so dignified in victory, after you have not been to the playoffs or won a playoff win in 20-plus years. So kudos to you all. Now back to the game. I can't ask better for my defense. If you give up 10 points, we're in the red zone, about to have an opportunity to at least score a touchdown or get another field goal with a narrow the game to 6-10. to 10, And Lamar Jackson does something he has not done in his career, which is through an interception in the red zone. At that time, the score was 10 to 3. Defense did what they needed to do, gave up 10 points. You're telling me one of the most prolific offenses in the NFL this last year cannot score more than three points? I'm disappointed. I don't understand. And, and it, 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 it's, it, it bugs me. Yet that's the that's what we talk about playoff game. Gotta step up your you gotta step up your play. And so we we just didn't deliver. But it was a great game. I still feel that we could have been the better team had we done better execution. But we have people like Justin Tucker, who is like automatic and misses two field goals. That would have been nine points. And we would have been the red zone. So, again, I'm not crying over spilt milk. I'm going to talk about the victors. Yes, good job, Bills. Great game. But it definitely stings a little bit. But at least Lamar Jackson will, uh, you know, take a monkey off his back and got that one win. But, hey. These young quarterbacks are in the league. So now you're not only competing against the Mahomes, now you got Josh Allen out there in uh, AFC East in Buffalo who's saying, look, I want to play in this game too. It's not just Lamar and Patrick Mahomes. I want to play too. So now, Lamar, step your game up, get ready to come back next season. What you think, Unc? What you think about that game? Blown opportunity. Uh, (laughs) That game, as well as the Cleveland Browns game, blown opportunity. When you knock out – Patrick Mahomes, you should win. And they did win as far as they could. But to the Ravens and Bills game, 
I think the Bills won. They were the superior team, but they got away with one. Uh, the Ravens should have won. Moving on to the Green Bay Packers and who, who did they play? I don't know who they played because they just rolled them. <laughs> it was the Rams. Uh, Aaron Rodgers just looked like he's unstoppable. He just is the MVP, in my opinion, based on productivity for this particular year. So Aaron Rodgers over the Rams. Uh, you talk about the Bills over the Ravens. Cleveland had their chance against the Chiefs. They didn't come through. They didn't see it to the end. The Chiefs won. Uh, and then we the, the other game with the Saints, and then you got the Buc Buccaneers. To me, that was a, a nip and tuck go back and forth. And the, Drew Brees, he lost that game, in my opinion, to, uh, for, uh, for the Saints. But the Bucs, you still got uh, the GOAT back there, Tom Brady. And so they're going on now to, to Green Bay. If I had to make a prediction, but Green Bay and the Bucs, I think Aaron Rodgers being at home, I'm picking the Packers. Uh, and then we got the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm not going to say KFC today. I'm not going to say KFC, but I said it. Kansas City Chiefs against the uh, against the Bills. I'm going to pick Kansas City, even if Mahomes is not able to play because he was concussed last week. Last thing I want to say on this particular subject, Lamar Jackson, I love his maturity, how far he's come. I still don't like him taking those unnecessary hits. He's going to have to learn to get down. I love him, black quarterback. A superior athlete can do the doggone thing, but he has to protect himself. These hits will become accumulative. And CTE, I am always going to be concerned about a running quarterback, our athletic quarterbacks, and taking unnecessary hits. But that's my picks for this week. I'm picking the, uh, the, uh, the Packers and I'm picking the Chiefs. They're going to the Super Bowl. We'll talk next week about uh, the next upcoming weeks about who we're going to win, who's going to win the Super Bowl. But that's my picks. Victor, you want to give your picks? Well, I already said three weeks ago, run the tape. Super Bowl is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Green Bay Packers. That's it. Now, it's going to be great games this week. Uh, I'd like to see the Bills come to play. But uh, you're, you're pretty bold. You're saying even a concussed, a concussed Mahomes, not in the game, you're going to put the Andy. ball and put on the back of Chad Henney. Can you say Andy Reid? Can you say Andy Reid and repeat Andy Reid? Rinse and repeat. He's that kind of coach. I, you saw in this I particular can say, game. Go ahead. Go ahead. I can say Uganda because, look, <laughs> Andy Reid got some big jokers. So if you want to get the edge to Andy Reid, <laughs> I could do that. But that's saying Chad Henney for four quarters. It's got the big ones, for real. I mean, Andy Reid would get coach of the year, coach of the decade, and he could pull it off. If Andy Reid can do that, then yes. But if Mahomes not in there, I can't – I cannot. I cannot in good conscience pick them. Uh, I know Sis is saying, can hey, they can be concussed all the he chose the Bills. I'm still going with the Chiefs, providing Mahomes in there. If he's not in there, I don't think the defense for the Chiefs is that strong enough to, to, to hold back the Bills and Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen. I mean, they'll just, you know, look what happened with them in Cleveland. So with Mahomes in the game, ah, yeah, I, I, I'm Green Bay versus the Henny. Chiefs. You know, he just no has picture. to be. He just has to manage the game. He just has to be a game manager. They got all the other weapons. That's all. He just has to be a game manager. But let's see. He may not. Even, it may not even be a discussion if um, Mahomes is able to come back.
Yeah, I already said that I was riding with the Bills and they're still here. So I'm going to keep riding with them. And uh, on the NFC side, as a Falcons fan, I will never go for any team that is um, quarterbacked by one of the greatest. I'm not going to denigrate his talent, but uh, I'm going for the Packers all the way. So we'll see next week who's um, who's right. But switching to the NBA, and now we've seen what these teams are looking like with their new configurations. You know, James Harden has 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 um, you know made his transition. So, how are we feeling about where we are with basketball right now? I want to revisit the uh, the trade again: the good, the bad, the ugly. Can you say reunited and it feels so good? Well. James Harden is reunited with two entities. One is KD, who they went to the 2012 NBA Finals with against OKC against the Heat. So KD and, Re, uh, and Harden are reunited. His coach from last year is reunited. Mike D'Antoni is on the bench for the, uh, the Brooklyn Nets. And that's also the coach of the new coach for the Nets, Steve Nash. So that Phoenix connection and that Houston connection, that OKC, it's like six degrees of separation. They're all back, back together. So that's the good part. The also good thing is that the Nets have something to, to the New York market in particular, have something to cheer for again. And these guys are proficient scorers. The bad, I don't know if they can stop anybody. So I feel as though they're going to have to outscore everybody. The ugly being the way he left Houston. I think we can all agree that he, he was pouting. He was uh, unprofessional. And so I'm all for player movement, but just the way he left is no bueno for me. And so I, I, I see them and a lot of the experts are predicting that the Nets are going to go to the uh, NBA finals coming from the East where they'll probably meet up with the, uh, the LA Lakers. But I still feel as though they're still needing to gel Kyrie being the other, the third will, he needs to be available. Number one, they still need to mesh and then figure it out uh, chemistry on, on the court itself. That's not all inclusive for the good, bad, and the ugly, but those are just some of my takes on the Nets trade. Uh, this part of the NBA, I'm, I'm excited that we have the NBA, but I'm still upset about the postponements, the cancellations. Gri Grizzlies today, the Grizzlies game today postponed, another postponement. When are you going to make those games up? So it's still early. My Lakers undefeated on the road, but four losses, and those four losses are at home. Uh, so they still needing to figure it out. I don't know if it's boredom or just me, the fan, wanting to win every game where that's not impossible. That's impossible. It's, it's not going to happen. But I'm still excited. Uh, but the last thing that I'll say, Vic, before you come on and get your take, is that I get it. The NBA protocol, the NFL protocol, NHL, and all these uh, major league soccer, I get it with COVID related. I get it. Now it's on the player. It's on the players as though it is on every other citizen of the United States and in the, in the world. Do what you're supposed to do. Socially distance, wear your mask, and please, please wash your hands and sanitize. But now, having said that, you're going to have to do your due diligence. It may come down to who's intact, who's more available and not on injured reserve because of COVID reasons that you're able to keep your team intact and be able to play and see your season through. On the Nets piece, they're still missing something. So I can't say 
where they're at right now until I see Kyrie and his unpredictable self get on the court. I think they could have done great with just Kevin Durant and James Harden. That is awesome. That what they're doing on the on the court right now is is impressive. But you add this third person in there, Mister Unpredictable. I'll, I'll be really interested in watching that show. I got my popcorn ready because I think there's going to be a chemistry issue. Harden, I think, is, is he, you know he can play. He can he can obviously he can play point, but that's not his position. If you got Kyrie out there. Who wants to who wants to rock? Who's going to shoot the rock? KD has played with superstars. He played with Russ. Russ, uh, just him too. Him with Harden. Then he went to Golden State, played with that crew, and now he's here. So he knows how he has a position that's really trans, can transition between all aspects and not really, and he can play off the ball. But you add Kyrie and unpredictable side of it, I will be interested. And definitely from a leadership perspective, how are they going to gel? How does Steve Nash? And how does Mike D'Antoni get these these three to work together? That is an awesome super three, but it's not. I uh, would not put it in the same category what the Boston Celtics did with their big three because each of them had a position that each played well. They didn't have very minimal overlap. So uh, I'm I'm excited to see that part <laughs> when Kyrie gets on the court. Um, but some, I, and I still wonder, are they strong enough to get past those other beasts in the East? 76ers have reloaded, and the Celtics still say this is still my conference. Now, I, I don't know if that means the Bucks fell down in ranking. Uh, they still look somewhat dangerous with their big three, but I like seeing what the Nets are. It is exciting basketball, and it will be even more exciting when Kyrie gets on the court just because it's going to give me something to talk about. I want to uh, – yeah. I'm always curious about our choices and our – and. Uh, uh, our host, uh, Jania, was talking about Atlanta. Keep your eye on Atlanta. And so because she told me to, I have been keeping my eye on Atlanta. Moving on, what were you about to say, Jania? <laughs> because Atlanta has kind of, they have kind of slipped and slide. And actually, I'm not laughing yeah, they, at you. They, I'm laughing because, go ahead. No, they started out nice. They did. and But I said from the beginning, you know, I not to immediately count them out, but hey, look, I put it on tape, so it is what it is. Just drag me if you must. <laughs> I'm actually wanting them to succeed because you chose them. And I've been watching the games and I've been watching all the games because I got the NBA package and I try to watch them all, but it's impossible. They're lo still looking for their identity. They're young, youthful. They have that athleticism that like, like a cult running right out the gate. They want to go, go, go but they need to be able to slow it down and get those sure two points that Tim Duncan's, you the Shaq, you know, when you can throw it down into the post. They really don't have a post presence. They got Clint Capella in the center, but he doesn't have that post game. So I've been, I've been watching them. I'm looking at them and their coach, a black coach, he still is needing to put his imprint on the game. I don't know uh, him well enough to say they fit his identity, but Right now, they don't have an identity. Offensive-minded, defensive-minded, depends on the day. Uh, and then Trey Young is kind of inconsistent right now. So he's still finding his professional sea legs. Yeah, all facts. And um, we are at the end of our time, gentlemen. Always amazing spending this time with you. And the viewers, feel free to engage with us on social media. We can see all of the... Um, all of our handles and we will talk back if you have questions or comments or things we got right, things we got way wrong, let us know. We wanna hear from you. And um, 
you know, just my final thought as we leave, just we've been talking about COVID for months and months and months. And let's just hope that with the transition that took place earlier today, that sooner than later, we'll be having different conversations as it relates to this pandemic. You talked about it earlier. We're talking about COVID. There's one last thing on NBA. Uh, I talked about these games being postponed. It's not only players testing positive for COVID that's impacting NBA, it's the contact tracing. So you may lose eight players that have not even tested positive. But what happens three weeks later when they do test positive? So, uh, again, I'm really interested in how the NBA leads us through this pandemic from their protecting their players, to protecting the brand, protecting viewers, uh, because uh, it's still some level of inconsistency when we start losing uh, postponing games as they have been. So just really watching that, I'm really, again, from a leadership perspective, going to watch Adam Silver, how he navigates this league. Because right now, it's just looking kind of kind of interesting. My last take is we just want to thank you uh, from Take to the House crew uh, for you viewers, our reliable followers. Please continue to tune in every week about the same time. Let us know what you want to hear. Let us know if you agree, disagree. And that's taken into the house. Thank you.